Hello everyone, you're listening to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today we are interacting with Mr. Venkatesh. He is the director and co-founder at Maverick Systems. Started in 2000, Maverick Systems helps global banking and fintech leaders accelerate business transformations through effective integration of domain, technology, future-ready strategy and high-velocity execution. With that, I would like to welcome Mr. Venkatesh on the show. Hi Mr. Venkatesh, welcome to the Socially Desi show. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Thank you so much for doing this Mr. Venkatesh it's a pleasure having you on the show and before we begin today's episode i would love to know about your professional journey so far and how did the stint with uh, Maverick Systems began for you See i started my career in management consulting as soon as i graduated mm-hmm. from chartered accountancy i joined one of the premier firms in india at that point in time af ferguson and company and uh, the journey at af ferguson had been one really a dream like for me it started off with uh, consulting for government on various programs and then it, we also did consulting for a number of banks in asia and india on the strategy as well as product rationalization at that point of time technology was not very high on the radar and largely it was business driven okay he also did a lot of mergers and acquisitions in india at that point in time nearly 95% of the mergers and acquisitions either overseas companies buying into indian companies or indian companies merging with overseas companies either way those were largely handled from the consulting side by us either we used okay. to represent the buyer or the seller we also did a number of technology programs in terms of putting the basic core systems in place right from manufacturing to uh, retail to banking okay mm-hmm. and uh, when uh, did uh, maverick systems began and how was that journey for you see maverick systems began in 2000 and mm-hmm. when we started in 2000 it was not started as an it services company it was started more like a technology holding company in okay. the sense that uh, uh, we would incubate or spawn a number of new initiatives bring it up into the commercial stage and then bring in other investors on board and uh, that was the plan it was okay uh, uh, we did incubate a few programs and uh, one of which were relating to making students especially those going through the undergraduate programs have avenues for employment mm-hmm. back in 2000 india was opening up and number of retail companies were coming into play mm-hmm. 
including mm-hmm. when I say retail companies, the FMCGs. Right. And for many of those FMCGs, either for their events or for their outlets, they used to take part-time graduates uh, uh, and have them employed uh, in various functions. Mm-hmm. And, and we were able to onboard quite a number from Tamil Nadu, nearly 30,000 people over a nine-month period who found okay. employment while they were continuing with their education. We also mm-hmm. bid for what you see as IRCTC today. We okay. actually, uh, uh, Railways put out a bid and we, along with uh, two other partners, actually bid for that and won. But subsequently, oh. the government decided to do it themselves and, and therefore we withdrew from the bid. Hmm. That's an interesting uh, journey and start to Maverick System. So when did the uh, you know transition happen and, and when did you realize that, like you say in your website, you know, accelerate next in digital banking. So when did that happen for you that you thought that, okay, now for us, uh, banking and fintech is the way to go. When did that transition happen? See, 2000 was also the period where the dot-com bust happened. So very mm-hmm. soon in 2001, we realized that uh, the market is not conducive enough for us to operate, especially a new player in the technology holding segment. And uh, we wanted to invent or reinvent ourselves into some model which is sustainable. And at mm-hmm. that point in time, we were doing some work uh, from our consulting experience with banks. We started off and asked them what was their main challenge, and they indicated testing is one of the areas of challenge. We quickly went to the drawing board, found that uh, you need to have domain knowledge, testing knowledge, as well as the uh, the technology knowledge in order to be a tester. And uh, there were no Mm. uh, ready-made university programs which catered to that. Mm. Therefore, we quickly structured a program along with the Lila Institute of Business Administration and ran it for the first 17 years of our existence. Only in the last few years, uh, we discontinued that program, essentially because we diversified from testing into an IT services company. Hmm, hmm. Okay. You actually helped me a bit here, Mr. Venkatesh, by uh, talking about the challenges that your early clients face because that gives me a segue uh, into talking about the the main topic of today's discussion, which is understanding the landscape of uh, digital solutions uh, in the banking system globally. So to start this segment, uh, I would love to know about, you spoke, you already spoke about the initial challenges that uh, the, your banking clients were facing. But what about now? If I talk about 2022, uh, what are the current challenges that you see banking institutions are facing globally? See, between uh, 2000 and 2022, there has been a sea change in technology. Hmm. Uh, Back in 2000, the consumer interface was through the channels, either it is on the internet or mobile, much less mobile, more of internet, and the call centers. 
or you go to the physical branches to connect to it. In 2022, nearly 60% or over must be through mobile banking mm -hmm. and a substantial portion of the balance would be through internet banking. Much less is getting done either at the branch or at through the call centers. People call the right. call centers today for issues which they either not resolve either through mobile application or the internet application. And it will be essentially by people who are not digitally conversant. Hmm. The challenges, see, two things. COVID accelerated some portion of it, even though it was visible before. Mm -hmm. How to operate in a remote fashion and still be connected with customers. And therefore, the banks have to invent that instead of relying on plural of those channels, how is it that they can make mobile this central to them? So the mobile first, while was started by a few of the banks as a differentiator became universal. Right, right. The challenges today the banks face are on three folds. One, with regard to customer experience, because retaining customers is the key value today. Everybody mm -hmm. would say that I am customer-centric because it is to be of value to the customer is central to their own business. Otherwise, the business, mm -hmm. you would become a service provider to another business which has a better proposition with the customer. Outside of the customer experience, the second part of it is the regulatory changes and an ability to keep pace with the with them. Right. Then the third part of it is the competition from fintechs. Either you stand up and face the competition or you embrace them and increase your portfolio and therefore make the best of what is available. I would consider these Absolutely. three as the chief challenges any bank faces in any part of the world. Hmm. True, true. I completely agree that customer experience is actually one of the key points uh, which also acts like uh, Achilles heel for a lot of these banking uh, players globally. So when I talk about Maverick systems into this whole equation, how do you guys uh, help these customers actually uh, make the entire customer experience better? See, the customer experience is a term which uh, uh, has many connotations depending upon who is actually articulating that. Mm -hmm. To put it in context, no? one is how does the customer feel when they have to engage with the bank at any point or part of the life cycle of their engagement with the bank? Because you would always find customer experience being told as the onboarding of the customer. It is not only at the time of onboarding, it is through the life cycle of the engagement of the customer with the bank. True. The experience is not only about a design or the UI, which is 
much more easier to use or the look and feel of it is more attractive to them. It is about how the journeys can be performed with a lot of ease. And if those journeys have to be done with considerably ease and in much quicker time, then it needs to have integration either through the open banking platform or in a manner that the historical data that the bank has on the customer is mm-hmm. as well as the regulatory data which is available from other data sources are very well harnessed. True. In True. order to make yep. a considerable or truly uh, 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 part-breaking change with regard to the customer experience, one needs to make sure that the middle and back office operations of the bank are also digitally enabled. Because there would be need for asking for any modification or change, either in their personal data or in terms of the account profile, and also for requesting for certain past information. And unless and until your middle and back office digitally enabled, it bringing out a true customer experience would be very, very difficult. Absolutely. I think that's a very uh, great point there, Mr. Venkatesh. And uh, I also agree uh, to one of the points that you made earlier that uh, there are two ways for a banking uh, player to go about, you know, either uh, they can try to compete with a fintech uh, and and the other is to embrace them and actually, you know, be part of the ecosystem and grow together. So uh, this is something that we have seen in India and globally also that a lot of the banking uh, players are actually providing services and they're working together with fintech companies uh, to grow their base, to grow their customer base, and also grow uh, financially as well. I see that happening in India a lot these days. So these are some of the trends that we have already seen in the banking sector. Uh, What do you feel uh, are the next best things happening? What are the next trends uh, in the banking sector if I I, uh, take uh, the the entire global market? See, uh, if we were to go by the segment which has seen the maximum amount of change, it is mm-hmm. the payments. Okay. Whether it is the domestic payment or international payments and whether it is a low value or a high value payment system. Hmm. Not only the fintechs have come, but the payment system supervisors have also upgraded their systems. You must have heard about ISO 202022 and how various countries are moving towards that platform of standardization. It is also the space which is inviting technology companies to come in. You have Apple Pay, you have Google Pay, you have Samsung Pay and whatnot. And it is this highest, uh, 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 single largest space where fintech investments have gone in. You might talk about TransferWise or Wise now as the, mm-hmm. as one of the standalone players, but you also have players like Stripe, 
See, the card and payments market has been completely uh, refurbished or modernized by these fintech players. Today, either the networks like card networks like uh, MasterCard or Visa or American Express or Diners or Discover have some form of arrangement with any of those fintech players. Essentially because they know that they are brought in a new technology which they have been resting with. And it makes matters much more easier in order to operate and to be differentiate themselves using those fintechs. The second space which has received considerable uh, 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 change is around the small and medium enterprises lending. There are specialist banks, especially in UK, which only deal with small and medium enterprises banking, and they have taken away nearly 90% of the street bank's business onto them. Hmm. And you would now see from the first phase of the small and medium enterprises banking, which was purely banking services, these SME banks have added other services aligned, which are pretty much needed by these SMEs, either in terms of invoicing or account keeping or tax compliance. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Now, the reason that the banks do is to, re if they were to retain the customer, they know, need to do what it takes for the business to be more dependent on them rather than just the funds. And, and therefore, those additional services have been aligned either through third-party products or third-party service providers. In a way, it is very seamless as far as the SME goes. So these are two spaces which have actually received considerable investments and, and the fintechs have made considerable change to the banking scene. You will also see some changes, but it is not so spectacular when compared to these two on the personal lending space or the peer-to-peer -peer lending space. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, there are a number of players but you don't see them at the same scale at which the SMEs or the, or the payment providers have grown. But nevertheless, that is an important development, providing an additional opportunity for the in individuals to have a better rate of return on their funds than just depending on the banks to provide the interest. True, true. And, and uh, as a player who is providing services to these banking and fintech uh, companies across the globe, uh, what excites you as uh, Maverick Systems in this whole, uh, you know, uh, development of uh, BFSI? Yeah. So, uh, in order to answer you, I would like to take it uh, <clears throat> in... Uh, these steps. Yep. One with regard to because it depends upon who you are working with. And uh, the first category that we address is the global banks. And 
when they come to the global banks, they really want their mobile application to be the best and benchmark themselves against their own peers in each geography. That is the minimum. And then they wanted to see they are the best in the world. Therefore, it is not only about the number of services which have been onboarded to the mobile platform, but also in terms of the performance and what customers feel about them. And that is an area where we closely work with the banks to make sure that the ratings are at the desired level, both in the region as well as across the globe. And we continually bring to them what services can be done, how it can be executed in order that they can stay on the top of the tier. The second part of it, I would move to what I might call as the pure digital banks. Okay. So few, few of those pure digital banks are offsprings of uh, uh, traditional banks, but in many cases they are uh, 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 a greenfield digital bank. And the digital banks come in various flavors or colors, some of them but in most contexts, they focus on only one or a few things. They could focus on wealth management, or they could focus on SME, or they could focus on payment. But they are very, very focused, irrespective of what the business line that they focus, they want the platform to be cost effective, and they have at least twice a week releases, if not more, and third, they want the cost of operations to be substantially low and okay. fully automated. Okay. Now, therefore, right from the choice of the technology platform or the components or the architecture down to when you are developing an application, how do you facilitate automation end-to-end -end becomes the key. And if these two are available, then they are ready for scale up. And that is what many of these fintechs require or the uh, digital, pure digital banks require. Okay. See, the third part will be the middle tier, which are regional banks. And typically regional banks are in this mode. Either they wanted to expand geographically or they wanted to expand their line of business or product range. Mm -hmm. They might have been in retail, they want to move into, into corporate, and if they were somewhere between retail and corporate, they wanted to add wealth management as a business segment. And they also wanted to move uh, and expand the footprint geographically. When they have to do that, they have to have a different operating uh, platform in place so that they can release their applications across their footprint and if possible give a uniform experience to customers across those business segments. This is a, quite a challenge from, from being in a single country. Okay. And, and uh, both with regard to the type of architecture that you would have 
to facilitate distributed uh, 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 processing and storage as well as facilitating a single application across those business lines as well as uh, uh, geographies. Hmm. It is hmm. indeed, okay. indeed a challenge, but that is what they go through. Okay. Now, uh, so this is what something which we contend with with our customers across these three segments. No, I think that's really exciting, Mr. Venkatesh, and thank you so much for sharing these golden nuggets with us. And uh, this actually paints a really, really uh, interesting picture uh, around BFSI globally. And uh, I'm sure our audience today would have gained a lot of information from you. And guys, uh, if you want to know more about Maverick Systems, you can go check out maverick-systems.com. We'll share the links in the show notes below. Also, if you want to reach out to Mr. Venkatesh or their team, feel free to do that. We'll uh, put their uh, links in the show notes. And also, if you want us to help you reach out to them, we are always here as Socially Desi. With that, uh, Mr. Venkatesh, thank you so much for being on the Socially Desi show. You have been an absolute pleasure to speak with. And I would love to to have you on the show again whenever we are talking again about BFSI. Thank you so much. Thank you. Most welcome, Manara. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Mr. Venkatesh on the show again in the future to talk more about the beautiful world of BFSI. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between. Thank you.